Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali and I, are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Okay, today we are still in 1 Peter chapter 1. We'll be going from verse 10 down to verse 16. Let me read this real quick, and then we'll put it into context. Because many of us are dealing with the coronavirus, uh, a worldwide pandemic right now. Times are uncertain. Anxiety is high. Um, Stress is all over the place. People have cabin fever because they're indoors so much and they just are, um, and many people are, are sick or are worried about being sick. How does God speak to us today? I think we'll find a lot of, of hope in this. Verse 10, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicated when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy." Now, it's real interesting to me, <clears throat> as we look over this study in 1 Peter, 1 Peter <clears throat> is a lot like James chapter 1, you know, so Peter chapter 1 or 1 Peter chapter 1 is a lot like James in chapter 1. They both start out talking about what, <clears throat> what it feels like to be going through trials and tests, and then James said, Consider it pure joy when you undergo trials and tests of various kinds. And James has been talking about it, too, in the same way. That when we see trials and when we see tests, this is what First Peter is talking about. He says that is there to produce what? 
you to be stronger in your faith. Okay, now this is this is a summary of what the verses are talking about up until the point we're at right now. So the trials and the tests are there for us to grow us in our faith so that we will grow in our perseverance. Okay? And it's like <clears throat> the faith is, is even described. Peter, Peter puts it down into something everybody can understand. It's like gold. You know, it's refined by fire. You know, Peter, Peter makes it real practical. The gold is not going to be refined unless it goes through the fire. And uh, it's like our faith. It's not going to be refined unless it is stressed. I was thinking about this earlier. <clears throat> like, like your muscles. <clears throat> if you're somebody who's working out, the muscles grow when you slightly tear the muscles. You micro-trauma the muscles. And then as the muscles heal, they get stronger. And many of the uh, weightlifters, they'll take collagen proteins or whey proteins and things like that. And as the as these amino acids are absorbed into the body, they um, they are laid down to form new collagen. They're laid down to form new muscle protein. And so that's how the muscle grows. Or people, when they eat the food, the food the, breaks down, the protein in the food breaks down, the amino acids, <clears throat> they rebuild the muscle. So in other words, an athlete is not going to get stronger unless he exercises. And the act of exercising itself may hurt the muscles a little bit, the little trauma, the load that is put on the muscles. Or the athlete may have to push themselves to a remarkable degree. But that's how the athlete grows. That's how the athlete gets better. So in an analogy like athletics or in an analogy like gold or fine metals, we see that God is telling us that He intends for us to have trials and tests. Just because Jesus died on the cross he never promised that life would be easy in many regards. He promised that we could depend on Him for strength and wisdom. And part of that strength and wisdom is not so much <clears throat> that we would find a way maybe out of the problem or that we would find a way, a way to defeat the problem, you know, many of you may have cancer, kidney disease, heart disease. So, so it might not necessarily be a way of defeating the cancer or the kidney disease, but it would be <clears throat> a way <clears throat> of growing in your faith and becoming more like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has already defeated the cancer, the heart disease. He's already defeated coronavirus. He is sovereign over coronavirus. But what we need to do to understand is the testing of our faith is not there to have us defeat coronavirus. It is to have us see Jesus Christ even more, depend on Him even more, so that our faith will grow. And that as our faith grows to trust Christ and not ourselves, we praise Him more, we honor Him more, and we give Him the glory more and more. That's what, it, that's what this is talking about. 
our salvation comes not through our own um, ability to defeat coronavirus. Our salvation comes through our trust, our ability to trust in, in Jesus Christ. That's where our salvation comes. It starts with Jesus Christ, it is Jesus Christ, and it ends with Jesus Christ. And so this salvation <clears throat> that he's talking about, this victory, this is a victory that even the prophets were looking to try to figure out. And the prophets were prophesying, this is so remarkable to me, that First Peter is telling us that the prophets were doing what they did because, it wasn't because they were special people. They were people just like me and you. But these people had the Holy Spirit. They had faith. And when they had faith, the Holy Spirit in them could work. And that's what it's like for us. We're in a time where Jesus has come. And now we're waiting to, for Jesus to return. It's like two mountain peaks. McGee gave this illustration in today's lesson. It's like two mountain peaks. The two mountain peaks look like they're really close together. But when you get closer and closer to inspect the two mountain peaks, you realize that there's a big valley in between the two mountain peaks. You know, you could probably build a whole town in between the two mountain peaks. But farther away from the two mountain peaks, they look a lot closer together. Or maybe sometimes they look like there's just one mountain peak. Or if you get that analogy. So the prophets were looking way far into the future because they, they didn't know when Jesus was coming. It looked like his coming meant salvation. His coming was going to change everything. But when Jesus comes, the ultimate salvation didn't occur in the sense that his kingdom was going to be established. That's what, that was what faked everybody out. He came, he defeated sin, he established his kingdom, but now we're waiting for his return. We're waiting for the second mountain peak. That's the salvation that the prophets looked to try to figure out. And they were looking at it with the Holy Spirit working inside them. That's the salvation that, that, first, that Peter is talking about here. It's the power of the of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so this is the this is the the salvation that comes from this gift of Jesus Christ. It's all Jesus Christ, and now we have the same spirit of Jesus Christ that even the prophets had. You know, so if you're one of these people that says, "Oh, the prophets were the wise people," what, who's going to help us now? He's really connecting the dots. He's really saying, "No, you're not. You're not on your own right now." You know, and the prophets uh, are still relevant. He's saying, even though you don't have these prophets trying to tell you anything anymore, Jesus Christ, He came, and He fulfilled all need for any prophesying. His coming was the fulfillment of all the prophets. So you don't need to look to prophets anymore telling you things. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of all the prophecy. And even the prophets had the Spirit, the Holy Spirit working in them. 
So even then, it was Jesus Christ. Even before Jesus Christ came, the Holy Spirit was active. After Jesus Christ has come, the Holy Spirit now is active in it, in all of us. We have the same Holy Spirit that the prophets had. And, and Peter's saying even the angels are longing to have this, this, this wisdom. Everyone who is in the know cherishes this gift. So he says, because of all this, and now you're going through all these trials and all these tests, and you can imagine <clears throat> what it must have been like for these people. Not only were they battling the hardship of life and in the hardship of diseases, they were battling the hardship of being occupied by the Roman Empire. All these were um, the, the people that this letter is addressed to were in the in different provinces of Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. So he's trying to reassure them that you're not alone. No, you're not alone. You've got your faith in Jesus Christ, and you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the same Holy Spirit that's been working in the prophets. You've got the same Holy Spirit that even the angels long to have. They're there to proclaim this Holy Spirit. They're there to proclaim the glory of Jesus Christ. You've got it. And the trial, the trials that you're going through, you're going through for a reason, to make you better, to refine your faith, to make it even more precious than refined gold. It won't get that way without some trials on earth. And God is sovereign over everything. Whether an argument with your husband or your wife or your kids or your parents or financial loss or job stress or personal tragedies or disease, minor disease or major disease, or yes, even a worldwide pandemic, those trials are there to test people's faith and refine people's faith. So due to that, from a godly perspective, this is a good thing if it brings people people's faith into sharper focus. God is sovereign over everything, and there's everybody's going to die from something. It's God and His sovereignty. Now, we're not rejoicing that people are sick right now, but we're rejoicing in people's faith right now. And the purpose of any trial from a godly perspective is that we might trust Him more and see Him more as a sovereign God. So He says, prepare your minds for action. You got to get this in your head. You can't let coronavirus get in your head. You got to get the Holy Spirit working in your head. That's what He's saying. Don't be, don't have your mind prepared to be anxious today. Don't have your mind prepared to be depressed today have your mind prepared to act not just to be withdrawn but to act out the Holy Spirit let your mind be centered on Christ let your hearts be centered on Christ prepare your minds be sober minded don't be just out in the clouds 
you know don't be just like everything is is beautiful and I'm looking for rainbows today be sober about it be practical about it in other words he's not telling us today to go out there and shake hands with everybody who may or may not have coronavirus you know he say no be sober about it be practical about it you know if the government's given regulations you know follow the regulations if the healthcare team is giving you regulations or or directives follow that be practical be sober-minded but have your mind centered on Christ whatever trial you're going through right now whatever hardship it's looking like for you right now you've got you've got the Holy Spirit you've got the same Holy Spirit that every prophet had it's the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And that Spirit is for every single person in a personalized way. Christ laid His life down for everyone's personal sins. That Holy Spirit is there for every single person who places their faith, which is more valuable than gold itself, in him your faith is that valuable and the refinement of your faith is precious because that makes you closer to god more dependent on god so prepare your minds he's saying look get this in your head if you don't have your mind prepared you're not going to you're not going to be able to act in a way that you need to act so it starts with don't be defeated inside your head, okay? And your mind has got to be set on the, what you're hoping about. You're not hoping that coronavirus is going to be fulfilled. You're going to hope that people are going to see Christ. This coronavirus could last six months. It could last four more weeks. It could last four more months. God's sovereign over coronavirus. It's going to end when it's going to end. Who knows who's going to get sick? There's going to be a lot of people probably getting sicker. We know that too. And we are prayerful that those people who are sick get better. And those people who are well stay well. And those people who get sick recover quickly. But we know that God is sovereign over coronavirus. What we want is that people will see Jesus Christ. They will depend on Jesus Christ. They will grow in their faith. And he says, you got to get your mind right to be what you're hoping for. you got to make sure what you're hoping for is the right thing. You don't need to be hoping for, for um, you know, the things that are on your mind. Hoping that your husband thinks, appreciates you more or your wife appreciates you more. Hope that your husband and your or your wife appreciates Jesus Christ more. Don't be hoping that people at the office or at school are going to appreciate you more. People at work are going to think you're better. Be prayerful that the people at the office or work are going to think about Jesus Christ is better. They're going to see Him better. Okay? And He says, don't be conformed to the passions that you used to have when you were ignorant. Now, this is not saying ignorant as lack of education. This is saying the ignorance of the gospel message. So, in other words, before you heard the gospel, you were probably thinking about 
you were passionate about your job, your popularity, your, your popularity, how much money you had, how successful you were. Everybody wants to be successful at something, at art, at whatever you like to do, or just successful with other people. You want to be a popular person or you, you know, or just successful. You want your children to think you're, a, you know, you're doing a good job with them. Be careful what you're passionate about because your passions really ref- reflect your pride because if you don't get the positive feedback, get, your pride gets hurt in some level and you don't feel good you, or maybe it makes you depressed. Your emotions now are sort of contingent on what other people think, uh, say or do about you. You know, it's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. He's saying, get your head around this and get your passions under control. If you're going to be passionate about something, be passionate about Jesus Christ. The world will sort of uh, has a way of dictating what you need to worry about. He's saying don't let the world dictate what you need to be worried about. Don't let the world right now tell you what's important. Everybody's freaking out about coronavirus. Wouldn't it be great if everybody was freaking about about their relationship with Jesus Christ? Oh my goodness. Maybe that would be a worldwide revival. So, what is his conclusion on this? He's saying, But, as he... Who called you as holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. What's he ultimately saying to people? When you set your mind on Christ, when you set your heart on Christ, the only action that you've got to worry about is being holy, like Christ. Don't set your mind on Christ, your hope on Christ, And not let that change how you act. Be holy. Well, I don't feel holy. That's what you're probably saying sometimes. You've got the Holy Spirit inside you, right? We got to stop thinking like we, we can't be holy. If you're a person who believes in Christ, you're holy in God's eyes. Because why? Because your sin has been reconciled. You now have peace with God because you got Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, living inside you. You've got the Holy Spirit. In God's eyes, you're a holy person. You're holy. Now, if you're holy, if you've got the Holy Spirit living inside you, act holy. Be holy. God wants you to be holy. And grow your faith so you can be more and more holy. And anything coming along that tests your faith, whether it's a little little thing or a, a worldwide pandemic, be holy. Be holy. So I hope this is encouraging to you. God has given us His Holy Spirit. He's given us His Son, Jesus Christ, so that whatever comes along, We have victory. We have a salvation because he is sovereign over this. 
And we have something that the world can't take away from us. Our faith. Coronavirus can infect us. But nothing can take away our faith. Coronavirus can't infect our faith. It may cause shortness of breath, but it won't cause shortness of faith. So keep your faith on Jesus Christ. Let your minds be set on Jesus Christ. Let your hopes be set on Jesus Christ. Stay in the Word of God. The Word of God will feed you and encourage you. The Word of God and the Spirit of God are yours. You've got the child of God, the son of God, the spirit of God, the word of God. You have the presence of God in your life. So no matter what happens today, set your mind on Christ. So for me to all of you, God bless you. Stay safe. And uh, we'll take it one day at a time this week as we go through the book of 1 Peter in a time of trial and for all of us in a time of a world pandemic. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I heard that there's a couple of sick people over there in Zambia, so I hope everyone there stays safe as well. God bless you all. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 10 all the way to verse 16. We are in the section where we have labeled it as suffering and the scripture. So what God's word means to people and what it can do in times of trouble and trials. So um, it's God's method to use his word for those that are his own as they go through life down here, through all the trials, through all the um, experiences and, and tribulations um what what it actually um what his word can actually do and what it means for people down here so verse 10 of um first peter reads of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you verse 11 searching what or what manner of time the spirit of christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of christ and the glories that would follow so scripture here says that the prophets of the old testament wrote by the spirit of christ they were led by the spirit of christ because they were indwelt with the spirit of christ and this means that the old testament is inspired by god so we are told that there is um, something that they didn't understand and they searched for it diligently and uh, what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was um, in them would when he testified to them Christ's sufferings and the glories that would actually follow and it was difficult for them to actually understand it because the illustration that Dr. J.D. McGee gave is, you know, uh, where he stays, um, there are two mountain peaks. So when he looks at it from a particular distance, you know, they look like they're, you know, there's no space or distance in between them. But when you go there, you know, there is actually a valley in between them. There's actually a space in between them. And, you know, from 
you know, this particular aspect of what we're reading, the prophets, you know, they saw, um, they saw the sufferings and the glory of Christ, you know, from a distance, you know, they saw into the future and they just saw the mountain peaks and, you know, one mountain peak was the glories of Christ and the other mountain was the suffering uh, of, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were wondering because they knew, you know, there was going to come um, a Messiah who was coming to establish his kingdom here on earth. Um, but they were seeing both, you know, the glories and the sufferings of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry, yeah, the glory and the suffering of Christ. And they, they were wondering and they were searching scripture. So, you know, um, all the prophets have talked about, um, you know, the sufferings um, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it was difficult for them to actually understand it. You know, um, Isaiah 53 also pointed it out. So he wrote about the sufferings of Christ. And in Isaiah 11, he wrote about the coming of the Messiah in power and glory to the earth to establish his kingdom. And all the prophets saw that. And it caused them to actually search how both could actually come true. It was, it's, it's either got to be one or the other. You know, it can't happen simultaneously at the same time. So they were wondering. So today we have, um, you know, we actually live and, you know, we've gone f much more farther down than the prophets. So we actually live between the sufferings of Christ, that's the past, and the glory, which is the future. So the prophets looked down into the future and they actually saw two mountain peaks. They saw the suffering of Christ and the glory that was coming. And it looked like it was together and it caused them to search and to wonder how both could actually happen at the same time and how this could actually be true. So we today live in that valley between the two mountains that the prophets saw and that's the church age from Christ's suffering till the time he comes again. So this is the message that the prophets gave to the apostles saying the same uh, thing, you know, sorry, this is a message that um, um, that's the prophets that the prophets gave and the apostles actually saying the same thing. They speak of the suffering of and the glory of Christ. So scripture goes on to read in verse 12 to them. It was revealed that not to themselves, but to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the holy spirit sent from heaven um sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into so here the apostles are saying that they are preaching the same things that the prophets actually preached but they didn't um but uh sorry that the pro that the prophets preached uh but the only thing is that the prophets the prophets right sorry didn't make the distinction um but the angels the sorry the apostles were in the position where they could actually make uh, that particular distinction you know that there was actually a gap between um the suffering of Christ and the glory and we today you know we live further down along than the apostles did and we can actually see that there is like a wide gap between the two mountain peaks or experiences or episodes in the lord's life and we are told here that this is something the angels desire to look into so the angels desire to actually come and make that announcement because you know all around us you know there's things we can't see and you know the angels you know they they tend to they look like okay you know what um you know what a glorious uh future um, that is coming upon us and the angels desire to actually 
come and make that announcement and God won't let them as God uses us today as human beings today as his instruments as his vessels because we are not living in the day of uh, ministry of angels we are living in the day of the ministry of the Holy Spirit so what can an angel actually minister that the Holy Spirit won't so we're living in the ministry of uh, in the age day of the ministry of the holy spirit and if we are indwelt by the holy spirit and you know then you know you are a child of god and we are living in the day of grace so when the spirit of god indwells believers it takes the things of christ and it shows them unto us so the word of god um it's 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 comforts us it helps us um, because it reveals jesus christ to us so if we're indwelt with the holy spirit um only then um can it reveal the lord jesus christ to us as children so verse as his children verse 13 uh, goes on to read therefore gird up the loins of your mind so um here sorry verse 13 talks about what we are to do so gird up the loins of your mind so this is a, a phrase that um the people then were used to so it said it, it basically means you know get with it we need to be turned on by god's word we need to be you know um we we need to be yeah turned on by the word of god um we need to be alert so um then it goes on to read verse 13 sorry be sober so here be sober means you know you won't need you know to you know don't need a stimulant you don't need the alcohol the drugs and um you know to 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 be turned on by god's word and um scripture goes on to read and rest your hope fully upon the grace so here um rest, rest your hope fully upon the grace um so this is the apostle of hope as we had stated earlier when um we began this um apostle so should a child of god be willing to actually endure trials because it's because you know we have a hope which rests and and this hope rests in the resurrection of the lord jesus christ so it goes on to read and rest your hope fully upon the grace so that so that is to be brought to you at the revelation of the lord jesus christ so here you know we have that hope even if we go through the trials and tribulations we have that hope and that hope rests in the resurrection of Jesus Christ because Christ died for our sins in order to save us and to give us life you know so at the time the lord comes to take the church out of the world there is a judgment called the judgment seat of Christ to see if you need a reward or not so every believer will be taken out and this every believer they will be taken out cause um uh, of God's grace and God's coming with a lot of grace you know when he comes to take the church out of the world so the scriptures are going to lead us to obedience you know um because of the fact that we will be judged some day so you know if you follow if you're a child of God you're indwelt with the holy spirit and you read the word of God because the the holy spirit reveals Jesus Christ to us which up, you know on which we we become obedient and um and um you know when Christ comes he's going to judge us and not the judgment of like eternal damnation or anything like that no the judgment of like if we actually deserve a reward or not and this is you know another incentive to endure the trials of the world today because he will judge us on how we actually have lived our lives down here how are we living our lives down here as Christians so god lets us go through trials down here so that he can 
fashion us and you know we are to yield to these troubles verse 14 of first peter goes on to read as obedient children not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance so here you know, we need to recognize here that the scriptures lead to obedience you know when you you read scripture you're a child of god you're indwelt with the holy spirit it leads to obedience so you know like james had actually stated don't be hearers of the word only be doers of the word as well so the word of god brings us hope that hope um that um you know you know like that that hope um which rests in the resurrection of the lord jesus christ so it brings us hope and leads us to obedience and we are not to fashion our lives according to the world so fashion dr jiva mcgee actually um you know um gave a, a a description of fashion the word fashion meaning you know something that's passing it's a passing phase like if you look today like oh what's in fashion today you know like oh hey today you know we have the the color mustard is in fashion or army green is in fashion so fashion is, is something that's passing something that's superficial something that's in transit so we're not to fashion our lives um, according to the world so we are to have a life that reveals that we have been transformed from the inside so god doesn't want us to live an artificial life he wants us to live a life you know that's um you know that we're transformed from the inside so the word of god is to be obeyed if you're you know christ had said if you love me you will obey my um my teachings my word so we are to yield to it verse 15 goes on to read but as he who called you is holy you are to be holy in all your conduct so here holiness what is holiness holiness today for us average beings means you know assuming this highest position to go around in a dignified way you know just stuck up and you know like know it all and the lord wants us to be you know a fully integrated personality today and not to be superficial and not to be pious he wants us to actually enjoy life to have fun and not he's not talking about worldly fun you know there are too many christians who are not having fun today because they're just like oh because you know i i am a child of god i'm not supposed to do this and that so you know they are stiff and abnormal instead of having you know a well balanced integrated life that is normal healthy and robust so um i like this um um uh, contrast is it yeah uh where uh dr jiva mcgee said you know holiness is to the spiritual life as healthy is to the physical life so holiness means you are healthy and robust spiritually so you're a well-rounded person and not pious and and just abnormal so uh verse 16 goes on to read because it is written be holy for i am holy so our holiness is it's not like god's holiness as god is absolutely perfect and we will never reach that state down here on earth we will never be like fully perfect um down here so what does it mean to be holy for us as he is so god is a complete wonderful personality and we're just human beings but we are you know when we reach that full maturation you know we're just not stuck as a baby you know today you 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 know you accept the lord as your lord and personal savior and you remain in that particular position like you know in the next like 
uh, years, you're just still um, drinking milk. Um, that becomes a problem. Um, so we ought to to so that hair holiness here means you know to to mature to mature in the word of God, and you know as a Christian, uh, and the word of God you know we ought to mature as a Christian, and the word of God is what can actually produce this maturity. We grow every day when we study the word of God, and you know our understanding changes, our outlook of things changes. You know the way we start out when we first begin to study his word and understand his word compared to you know um when we fully start to grow in his knowledge you know day by day month by month year by year you know what you were like at day one should be different than what you are like you know um in a year's time you shouldn't be the same person that you were you can't remain you know at one particular level stage for the rest of your life it's more like um you know our stages of life you know, in our lives today, our stages of growth, you know, first we have, you know, when the, when the child is born, they're infants, they're in diapers and all, you can't wear diapers for the rest of your life. You have to mature. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. Um, I hope you have a pleasant Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy. God bless and bye-bye.